0: Hello, everyone. I'm Joel Van Hugen, and this is the Bread of Life. This program is brought to you by Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn about our reach all around the world, go to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org. To learn about our mission fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We've been considering the discouraged Elijah. He's had a breakdown in his nerve, and Elijah has his reasons, and God will have his correction for Elijah's reasons. In essence, Elijah's expectations got the best of him and kept him from seeing what God was doing. When I was a little boy, we lived on the island of Bainbridge Island. When it got dark on Bainbridge Island at night, it got really dark. Our house had a long, long lane that you went off a little road. And the road was actually just a dark little hollow of a road that went down a hill. And then off of that road, this dirt road, was our little lane. We went back quite a ways back to where our home was. And every once in a while, I was assigned the job of taking the trash out. And if you had to take the trash out at nighttime, it took a significant level of courage just to get to the end of the lane with the garbage bags. And then once you got to the end of the lane, you turned around and you started off just taking a few steps, just quiet steps while you tried to ignore the threat of all those creatures that were lurking in the darkness. But then very soon you were kind of jogging and after a couple jogs you were in a mad, terrorized sprint for the front door of the house, you know? You're running and they're just right behind you, ready to grab you from behind and pull you down and devour you and you get to the front door and you're scrambling for the doorknob and you get inside and then then you've got to compose yourself. Before anyone in the family or in the house realizes that you were in a terror because you were taking the... But everything's okay because you're in the house. Elijah has started to run from Jezebel because she has laid some threats upon him. And in a moment of breakdown, his faith in God gives way to all of his fears he in panic runs. And once he begins running, he runs a long, long way. There's a point in the story in which God renews him and blesses him and provides for him. And in the strength of this miraculous food, Elijah goes even further and further away until he finds himself at Mount Horeb, where God had declared the law to the people of Israel. There's Always a fear that rises up in us when we confront the world we live in and we confront it with truth, when we want to speak truth to people, when we want to tell them what God has done in our life, when we feel that obligation and that desire, when we want to communicate to others the reason for the hope that lies within us and our point of faith and our point of encouragement, there's a fear that they'll not honor what we have to say. They'll actually reject what we have to say and with it they'll reject us there's a question that gets in our mind whether it will work or not, whether God will express his power in the moment of our words, whether we'll be able to communicate in a proper way, and whether the investment of this risk that we're taking will be rewarded and will be worth whatever reward comes out of it. Will God speak through me? Will God change lives? There's a suspicion we have that we may be wasting our efforts and our time, that we may be taking an unnecessary risk that will not prove well on our behalf. There's a fear that hearts will remain unchanged, that God will remain rejected, and that we will, along with Him, be rejected ourselves. When God calls us to live out in a striking way our lives, by way of example, by way of commitment, by way of surrender, by way of publicly declaring what we believe, by confronting the heirs and others. These are the fears that oftentimes come upon us, but here's what we're to do. We're to recognize that God has called us not with a view towards the results, not with a view towards what others will do or how they will respond. In a sense, we are, by our faithfulness, taking kind of depositions in the world. God is using us to demonstrate his own justice He's using us to speak truth and how the person responds is how the person responds and we'll all be gathered together by God one day at the end of the age when he renders his judgment upon earth, upon the world and upon individuals and upon the light that he's given them and so we're to give that and speak that light and that truth to others so that we're faithful to God and God will use it one day in the judgments that he renders on the earth. We're not to be doing it for the results Other than this one result, God is glorified by our obedience. God is glorified when we surrender to Him. God is glorified when we answer the call. And so, I'm relatively certain that Elijah himself had these same suspicions and fears of, you might say, the futility of being able to have a significant impact in his world, and yet he was committed to individually glorifying God. He was committed to individually honoring God and his obedience and that was enough for him and it should be enough for us as well. He obeys in hope that God will work. The fact is although we want to honor God and we want to glorify God, we do have a desire to positively impact our world and positively impact our church community and our families and our children and and the communities in which we live and our friends and our neighbors. But whether they respond or not, We want to be faithful to God. We want to be obedient to him. We want to glorify him. That's the ultimate objective. We'll let God deal with the results. We'll follow through and be obedient regardless of what may be the responses or the outcomes. And when Elijah does that, by the way, the response he gets is rather marvelous. When he goes forward and says, I'm just going to be obedient, I'm going to do what God calls me, I'm going to go to the king and I'm going to confront him and I'm going to give him God's word because I stand before the living God and I speak for the living God, God begins to unfold a series of really tremendous and miraculous events that flow through the life because of his surrender to him. And so if you look at 1 Kings chapter 18 that we've gone through, you'll see that Elijah demonstrates The obedient man operating under the leading and power of the Holy Spirit and the wonderful things that God can do through a man who surrendered to him and living to glorify him and who is filled with his spirit. He speaks with unflinching words to his whole generation and to his nation. He faces boldly down the threatening powers of his age. He he gives direction to the king and tells the king what the king is supposed to do and the king listens to him. He calls down fire and rain from God upon the earth in the presence of the people. He works in such a way and God moves through what Elijah does that the people respond in a declaration of faith where they're found crying out, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. At this moment, the highest hopes of Elijah are being fulfilled and his fears are being thoroughly overridden by this divine success that God has given him. I've been overseas on a number of occasions, and every time I go overseas, oftentimes I, I, because I've seen God do wonderful things, but I think to myself, God, are you gonna do it again? Are you gonna work in the ways you've worked in the past? And there's always this fear and always this doubt that comes over you, like a cloud that scuds over you, and wonderfully, faithfully, Over and over again, God has honored the proclamation of his gospel and the obedience of his servants to go and be a witness for him and the shafts of light come piercing through and the clouds dispel and God does powerful and wonderful things. Every once in a while it doesn't happen, but almost always God delivers and God honors the declaration of his word when you're surrendered to him. In a really amazing way, this is what's happening to Elijah all through 1 Kings chapter 18. As God is adding up one success after another success after another success, honoring all the expectations of Elijah and at this point in time now, Elijah is building up a sense of anticipation that's growing. He begins to see the whole nation turn back to God. He begins to envision his mind because Ahab has even responded to what he's commanded him to do. He has in his mind that the leadership of the nation is going to turn to God as well. Everything is going great. And then Elijah encounters Queen Jezebel. And she is as fully possessed of an evil spirit as he is possessed of the Holy Spirit. She remains unmoved by what God is doing. In fact, she is provoked to greater resistance and more threats than ever. And she lays all those threats down upon Elijah. And in that moment... All the visions of success that Elijah has in his heart and his mind give way to all of his old fears and all of his suspicions of futility. And we read in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3, that he arose and ran for his life. And he ran a long way. Elijah had got ahead of the Spirit of God. He had assumed to know what God's program was for himself. He had planned to lead the nation back in a time of great reformation and apparently it wasn't going to happen. At the threshold of victory, he is met with the agony of defeat. He had failed like all the other prophets before him. And so he runs until he can run no more and finally he throws himself down under a broom tree, it says, and he says, it's enough. Lord, now take my life because I'm I'm no better than my fathers, I'm just like all the other prophets. Later, God will provide for Elijah. He'll give him rest, he'll give him food, he'll give him sleep. And then in the power of that provision, Elijah will go with supernatural strength to go to the place that God leads him to at Mount Horeb. And there at Mount Horeb, when he gets there, Elijah gives to God the reason for his despondency, Elijah will tell to God the reason for his complaint. He'll not tell him once, he'll tell him twice. Two times, Elijah will tell God why it is that he's so discouraged and why he's despairing and why he's given himself into all these fears. And here's what he says. I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenants, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword and I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. There's his complaint. He doesn't state this once, he states it twice. He holds on to This is what drove him to run from Jezebel. This is what caused him to cast himself down below the broom tree. This is still his attitude after God provides for him and feeds him, and he goes in the strength of God's provision all the way to Horeb. And then God reveals himself in this miraculous way through the expression of a powerful wind and an earthquake and a fire. And then God speaks in a still small voice and it terrorizes him. He wraps a mantle around his head because he's filled with terror at the expression of God in the still small voice. But even then, when all is said and done, Elijah is still holding on to his complaint. I have done all these things and now everyone is against me and they seek my life also he's still holding on to his complaint there's a mistake in Elijah's perspective there are some mistakes in the notions that are at the heart of Elijah's complaint and let me give them to you very quickly number one Elijah has overestimated what God was going to do through his ministry Elijah has overestimated what God was going to do through his ministry. And number two, Elijah has underestimated what God has done through his ministry. He's overestimated what God was going to do. He's underestimated what God has done. Once God began to work in power through Elijah as he surrendered to him and as he submitted to him and as he went out in obedience, regardless of the concern for the results. But as he saw God working his expectations scaled up immediately. God is going to do tremendous things. God is going to change the whole nation. God is going to turn back the king and the queen and I'm going to be at the lead of all of this and his expectations scaled up awfully high and then when Jezebel... Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First. Go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.